Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pensburg Podcast. I am your host, Gareth Bahanna, and alongside me, as always, is fellow Pensburg writer Robbie Noggle. Robbie, how have you been? Uh, it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit of time, a little while in between episodes here, but uh, hopefully, we're back in the swing of things. How have you been since uh, our last episode? I've been good myself, Garrett. Uh, just, I mean, I know we took a week off for Thanksgiving, and some other things came up that we couldn't. Uh, control so we had to take some extra time off but i uh, had a good thanksgiving and pretty much just you know now christmas shopping uh enjoying this i don't know what it's like out where everybody else is listening but i know here uh here in johnstown the weather has been about as good as you can ask for for december actually better than you could even hope for uh, for december it was like 60 today uh slightly overcast but we got some sunshine so just enjoying some of that beautiful weather uh while it can because you know at some point it's going to turn and we're going to get that that snow and cold. So uh, everything on my end has been pretty good and uh, enjoying some uh, some good Penguins hockey and some big dubs recently. And yeah, Robbie, let's let's dive straight into it because the, the Penguins, they've really turned their play around since our last episode or a little bit before our last episode. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of people, maybe even myself included, who were, you know, starting to turn sour on the Penguins and thinking, well, you know, maybe it's just not their year. They've dealt with injuries and, you know, uh, the the standard of play has kind of decreased a little bit. And they've completely turned that narrative around. Uh, the, the Penguins currently sit at 15, 8, and 5. Robbie, they're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 games played and are winners of their last five games. Let's dive into it. Uh, the the uh, recap segment here, we're just going to recap the, the Penguins' last four games played dating back to uh, the Seattle Kraken game. Want to include the Kraken, seeing as they are the NHL's newest franchise here. And, uh, Robbie, let, let's get right down to it. Uh, this was a game that the Penguins thoroughly dominated, and 
for for better or for worse, if you want to be blunt about it, Robbie, this game was over by the end of the first period. Jeff Carter gets his sixth goal of the season at the 147 mark of the first period of play. Pittsburgh goes out one nothing. Sidney Crosby would get on the score sheet, gets his fourth goal of the season at the 442 mark of the first period, assists by Jake Gensel and Brian Dumoulin as well. And Danton Heinen, who continues to show his offensive flair, proving to be a very excellent signing from uh, general manager Ron Hextall getting his seventh goal of the season here. Pittsburgh out to a 3-0 lead by the end of the first period. Heading into the second period, Jordan Eberle gets his 12th goal of the season for Seattle at the 343 mark of the second period. However, that would be the only goal the Kraken would score. Jake Gensel would get his 14th goal of the season at the 1831 mark of the second period. Jeff Carter again finds the score sheet for his seventh goal of the season right before the second period comes to an end. And Jake Gensel again finds the score sheet, his 15th of the season in the third period of play, gives Pittsburgh a 6-1 to lead at the 829 mark of the third period. Pittsburgh would finish this game and defeat the Kraken for the first time in franchise history by a score of 6-1. to uh, Robbie, I, I caught a little bit of this game. Uh, this was, I think this was, uh, I don't know if it was a late night game or a later start time, but I caught a little bit of it. Uh, the general vibe I got, Robbie, was that the Kraken very much look like an expansion team. They very much look like they're going through some trials and tribulations. Uh, you can't really compare the Kraken to the Vegas Golden Knights and, and their start when they entered the league a couple of years ago, the Kraken with this loss to the Penguins fell to nine, 14 and two, uh, again, only registering that one goal from Jordan Eberle. Uh, the Penguins take care of business for the first time in Seattle. Robbie, what are your thoughts when you look at this game, the six, one victory over the Seattle Kraken on December 6th? You are correct that this was a late start. This was the last late start of this long road trip out that took them through Western Canada and stuff. But this was the, again, first ever time playing the Seattle Kraken, first time in that uh, arena up in Seattle. We looked very nice, very uh, modern. Um, but uh, like you said, the Kraken definitely looked like a expansion team in this game. And I think we kind of got spoiled by what we saw with uh, Vegas a few years ago, but this is what an expansion team is supposed to look like. And uh, the Penguins just did what they had to do. They were coming off a win against Vancouver, uh, and they just built off that. They just went in there, and they were the better team on paper, and they just went out in the ice and proved they were the better team. And that's really uh, what the Penguins have to do. That's the kind of that's the kind of performance you want to see in a game like that, where it's a definite mismatch and it plays out like a mismatch so uh, the first franchise win against Seattle in the first attempt uh, Crosby got a goal meaning he scored against all now 31 other NHL teams he's never scored obviously against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and hopefully he never does thankfully um, but overall just yeah good performance Jeff Carter there Danton Heinen um, the depth scoring which we'll talk a little more in depth here in a little bit but overall just a really good performance uh you had Casey DeSmith in goal, a very solid performance that he backed up later in the week then, which we'll get to as well. But, I mean, overall, just doing what needed to be done and getting uh, what turned out to be the second win uh, in a row. And so the Penguins would leave the West Coast, come home. Well, they wouldn't come home. They'd come back to the East Coast and visit Washington for a, a, a divisional duel against Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals on uh, December 10th, 2021. 
the the Penguins would win this contest by a score of four to two. And uh, Robbie, the the Penguins are were responsible for scoring the game's first three goals. And after scoring the first three goals, the Penguins essentially took control. Even though the the Capitals tried to answer back in uh, in the third period, uh, but the Penguins uh, take the three points from the Capitals here. Danton Heinen gets the scoring going, gets his eighth goal of the season following his uh, the the goal that he notched in, in Seattle. He gets his eighth of the season at the 16-16 mark of the first period. Pittsburgh goes into the first intermission, leading Washington by a score of one to nothing. Coming into the second period now, Brock McGinn gets his sixth goal of the season at the 8-37 mark, uh, doubles Pittsburgh's lead to two nothing. And Kasperi Kapanen, who has uh, made headlines here in the Pittsburgh media for criticizing himself and criticizing his play, saying he needed to play better. Casper uh, Kapanen gets his sixth goal of the season with assists coming from Crosby and Evan Rodriguez. Pittsburgh out to a 3-0 lead over the Washington Capitals heading into the second intermission of play. Into the third period now, the Washington Capitals would break the shutout. Evgeny Kuznetsov gets his ninth goal of the season at the 7.33 mark of the third period that's followed up by a Lars Eller tally his third of the season about 10 minutes later at the 17 14 mark of the third period making Pittsburgh sweat just a little bit towards the end of regulation however uh, Jeff Carter would put the final dagger in the coffin get his eighth goal of the season to extend Pittsburgh's lead Pittsburgh as I mentioned wins four to two in regulation over the Washington Capitals and Robbie, uh, Tristan Jari, I thought, played very well in this game, uh, finishing with a 935 save percentage. Uh, nice to see the contributions from guys like Danton Heinen, Brock McGinn, and Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, again, the, the Capitals made, made the Penguins sweat a little bit, but this was a thoroughly dominating performance, I thought, from the Penguins, scoring the game's first three goals and essentially taking care of business from that point forward to get a big two points in the Metropolitan Division. So, Robbie, I'll flip it over to you. What did you see and what did you like from the December 10th game against the Washington Capitals? Uh, just about everything, and that is such a big game for the Penguins because it's nice to beat those teams out west, but to get... Um, to continue your winning streak, to come home off that long, or not really home, but back to the East Coast, off that long stretch out West, to get that Matt W uh, in Washington, a place that's very hard to play, against a division opponent, a division opponent that's ahead of you in the standings, that you're trying to catch, and in a very convincing fashion uh, as well, uh, makes that a very hard game to find any negatives in. Yeah, maybe you don't like letting them kind of claw back there in the third period a little bit. But for the most part, the Penguins absolutely dominated uh, the Capitals for at least two periods uh, and maybe even a little more getting the third period when they um, were trying to shut them down. And again, from the front to the back, from the forwards to the goaltender, everything about that game was spectacular, including uh, the head coach as well. Uh, Just a perfect game plan to get them – up and ready for that game after that long road trip. And it's just very refreshing, uh, very refreshing to see because, I mean, that's the games you need to win. And those are the games that once we get into this new year are going to be amplified even more as you push for a playoff spot in a very competitive metropolitan division. And those games against Washington, Philly, New York, Carolina, especially the the ones ahead of them, they need to uh, get 
as many points as possible while not surrendering any. And yeah, you're going to lose some, but uh, if they play like they did that Friday against the Capitals, they're not going to lose many. And uh, the Penguins would not lose the next game that they would play. They'd come back home uh, to do a battle with the Anaheim Ducks who came to town and uh, Pittsburgh native John Gibson was in net for the, ma- the majority of this game. However, we'll get to him momentarily. Robbie, only one goal was scored between both of the clubs here. Pittsburgh wins this game by a score of one to nothing. And uh, the only goal that was scored comes from Brock McGinn. So he keeps his name on the score sheet, getting his seventh goal of the season at the five twelve mark of the first period. And like I mentioned, between uh, between Solid defense from the Penguins and a shutout from backup goaltender Casey DeSmith, who had taken some flack in some of his prior starts for really not playing all that well. He gets the shutout here, a 33-save shutout. Uh, again, Pittsburgh only needing the one goal to get past John uh, John Gibson. John Gibson would leave the game, however, with a lower body injury, and he would be replaced by uh, the backup netminder Anthony Stellars. Uh, however, uh, nothing would get past Delars, but the Anaheim Ducks wouldn't find an answer for Casey DeSmith or the Penguins as Pittsburgh uh, takes the two points here in the, th- the thinnest of margins. Uh, really, Robbie, I, this game comes down to Casey DeSmith earning those first star honors and rebounding quite nicely after a, a stretch of games where DeSmith really hadn't played his best hockey. If you want to look on the Anaheim side of things, I thought Troy Terry was probably Anaheim's best player on that night, uh, getting five shots on goal and registering a hit, playing 21 minutes of ice time and uh, 90 seconds uh, of power play ice time. Uh, But really, other than that, obviously no offense to speak of. Uh, What are your thoughts from Penguins Ducks from December 11th, 2021? So I was at this game. Um, and the goal by Brock McGinn was scored literally right in front of me. I had a perfect view of it. Um, the Penguins did not play their best game, but that is to be understood coming off that long road trip and playing a very exhausting game the night before uh, on emotional win over the Capitals. But Casey Smith was obviously the first star of this game. Uh, it just stood on his head and the, for the large parts, the Anaheim Ducks were the better team. They outskated the Penguins. They outchanced the Penguins. They out crying to the Penguins, but the difference maker was in goal and no, uh, nothing against either Gibson or uh, Stillartz. Uh, uh, They were both very good, especially Stillartz who stopped like 13 or 14 shots in the third period alone uh, coming off the bench cold. Uh, But Smith just didn't blink in this game. And that's two very good performances from him in a row, going back to his victory against, who was uh, Seattle, uh, which he was very good, only let up a goal in that game. So in his last two starts, he's only given up two goals, uh, very small sample size, obviously. But after the way his season started, very good to see uh, Smith bouncing back and kind of getting in that groove. But overall, they did literally exactly what they needed to do in this game. That's the, the kind of game that it doesn't make sense that you win, but at the end of the day, you do win. And that's, in the end, all that counts because... It's two points. It extends that winning streak. It keeps the momentum going. Uh, it's a game you easily could have lost, but you found a way to win. And uh, you mentioned Troy Terry. I will say this. The three stars of the game were Casey Smith, Brock McGinn, and Zach Aston Reese. Honestly, if I was voting for the three stars, I'd had to put Troy Terry on there because he was absolutely a menace uh, against, the, uh, against the Penguins uh, in that game. And he should have had two or three goals, but DeSmith was just a little bit better. So 
Anaheim maybe better than we expected, but that is a fun team. And that's going to be a fun team for uh, quite a few years if they can keep that kind of uh, keep that going. So if you have a chance to go see Anaheim, I'd see it because they got a lot of fun, fun, uh, fun players there. But that's the kind of game you just you just take the two points, don't ask any questions about it, and move on to the next one. Yeah, in an 82-game schedule, you're going to have games like that. You're going to win some games like that, and you're going to lose some games in, in that fashion, too. Uh, games like like you you described it perfectly there, Robbie. Games that you don't expect the Penguins to win, but somehow they do find a way to get the two points there. And moving on from one young and up-and-coming team in the uh, in the Anaheim Ducks to another young and up-and-coming team dealing with, uh, dealing with their own set of uh, trials and tribulations here. The Montreal Canadiens were in town. Uh, facing off against the Penguins on December 14th in what was a Star Wars night for the Penguins, uh, having one of their uh, theme nights here. Robbie, this this game was primarily dominated. I guess you could easily describe this game as getting getting depth contributions, looking down the score sheet and, and looking who, who found the back of the net for the Penguins. A lot of names that you would not think would score goals for the Penguins, and let's get into it. Pittsburgh wins this game by a score of 5-2. to two. Casper Kapanen gets the scoring going, his seventh goal of the season at the 11.08 mark of the first period with an assist coming from Evan Rodriguez. Rodriguez has been on fire as well. Uh, that would be all the scoring you get into the first period of play heading into the second period. Rodriguez finds the score sheet again, this time gets a goal to his name on the power play, no less, at the 6.45 mark of the second period. However, about 15 seconds later, the Montreal Canadiens and Jonathan Drouin would go right down the ice and Drouin would get his fifth goal of the season to make it Pittsburgh 2, Montreal 1. And then all of a sudden, Robbie, Mike Matheson gets his second goal of the season. Yes, a defenseman scored a goal. That's not the last time you'll hear me say that when covering this recap. Mike Matheson getting his second goal of the season with assists coming from Rodriguez and Sidney Crosby. Pittsburgh out to a 3-1, uh, 3-1 lead. And Jesse Yelonen would make it a 3-2 uh, lead for the Penguins with just three seconds to go, getting a goal back for the Montreal Canadiens, getting his first goal of the season. Again, three seconds to go right before the period was about to expire. Jesse Yelonen gives the Canadiens a little bit of life heading into the final intermission. Coming into the third period now, Brian Dumoulin. Yes, Brian Dumoulin, the Penguins' stay-at-home defenseman, gets his first goal of the season with the assist going to Sidney Crosby 28 seconds into the third period. Uh, Robbie, you know things are going well for the Penguins when Brian Dumoulin and Mike Matheson find the score sheet and get some goals in this game. And Brian Boyle would get his third goal of the season, an unassisted tally that was originally credited to, uh, I believe, Dominic Simone and Drew O'Connor. However, the uh, the official score went back and... Uh, recorrected Brian Boyle's third goal of the season to unassisted. Uh, it was quite the snipe. I remember seeing that, that, that goal live, Robbie, and it, it was quite the snipe from 36-year-old Brian Boyle. However, he extends Pittsburgh's lead to 5-2. to two. That would be all she wrote in terms of scoring. Pittsburgh wins this one pretty convincingly. Uh, Robbie, Montreal is not going anywhere. With this loss, it, it dropped them to 6-21-3, and, and it looks like the, the, the Cinderella run that they went on 
uh, and the Stanley Cup final looks to be very much in the rearview mirror as the Canadians continue to struggle. Pittsburgh, however, gets uh, gets a much-needed two points, taking care of business against a lowly opponent in the Canadians, and that's where we find ourselves right now, talking to everyone here. Robbie, what are your thoughts? What did you like and what did you dislike from the December 14th game between the Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens? This goes back to what I said about the Seattle game where the Penguins just... It, when you it's that much of a mismatch on paper, you need to just go out there and prove it, and that's exactly what they did in this game. Montreal did claw back a couple times, but overall, Montreal's just not a good hockey team. They're in a tough way right now, and the Penguins, they're just feeling it right now. Not only were they better in this game, uh, up and down the roster, they were also uh, all the momentum going their way, riding a four-game win- winning streak coming into this game. Uh, good goaltending, good play all over the place. The Penguins, I believe, I forget what the number, how many defensive goals they, or goals from the defense they had coming into this game, but getting those from Mike Matheson and Brian Dumoulin, is, it, it was very good to see. And it just overall, just they played their game. And when they play like that, especially against a team that they're this much of a mismatch against, it's going to, it's going to get ugly for the other team. And, what they're doing right now, now that with this win against Montreal, five-game win streak, you gotta you gotta like it. And the performance against Montreal is exactly what you, what you want to see when a team like that matches up with a team like the Penguins and they controlled play. It, it took care of business and walked away with another two points uh, and five wins in a row. And very big as we begin to get into Christmas, the New Year, and then turn the page and get ready for another playoff push. That's where we're going to lead our, our main segment in, in this week's show. Um, it, it's crazy to think about it, Robbie, but uh, Evgeny Malkin, we keep seeing uh, reports from practice that Evgeny Malkin is continuing, continuing his rehabilitation from his knee injury. Uh, and, and w- with each new report, it seems like Evgeny Malkin uh, keeps making very, very impressive progress. And uh, so that, that's what kind of what I want to talk about here. The Penguins, uh, the Penguins don't have Evgeny Malkin, uh, probably for um, you know maybe three or so weeks. I mean, I, I'm just estimating at this point. He looks very good in practice, but the Penguins don't have Malkin. They, they've lost Brian Rust to injury. More recently, they've lost Jake Gensel to an upper body injury, in which uh, Mike Sullivan labeled as week to week. However, the Penguins keep scoring goals. And basically, like we mentioned, Robbie, uh, they're, they're taking care of business and beating the teams that they have to beat. And they're kind of separating themselves. They're, they're, you can kind of draw a line between the, the teams in the Metropolitan Division. The, there's a pretty clear line that you can draw between the good teams, the Penguins, Capitals, uh, the, the Penguins, Capitals, uh, Hurricanes, and uh, what's the other team that I'm uh, – I think the Rangers – yeah, uh, uh, those four teams, and then you look at the uh, the the Islanders, uh, the Islanders, the Devils, uh, the Flyers. Those those teams are are and are at the bottom of the division, and really they really don't look like they have uh, any sort of any sort of uh, impressive showing that leads me to believe that they're going to turn it around. So the Penguins are they they went from this this retransformation period. It looked like. Uh, a month or so ago that we were going to be talking about the Penguins as being in the bottom of the division. Uh, you know, let's pack it up and let's start the rebuild. 
And now they're separating themselves and becoming one of the better teams in the East. And, you know, you, it's fair to ask the question, are other teams once again afraid to play the Penguins? So, Robbie, the question I want to ask you this week is, what has led to this transformation of the Penguins going from basement dwellers in their own division to now one of the the better teams all of a sudden is it Sidney Crosby's leadership you know Crosby uh, coming back off of his wrist surgery and finally looking like the Sidney Crosby of old you know uh, we mentioned in the recap segment how many depth contributions we're getting from guys like Brock McGinn Danton Heinen those kinds of players we're getting more and more contributions from from them and Evan Rodriguez is another name Tristan Jari uh, let me pull up Tristan Jari's stats for you uh, the last three games he's played Vancouver Washington and Montreal he's recorded he's recorded a, a win in the last three of his games uh, outside of the game he played December 1st against Edmonton where he had an 810 save percentage uh, 969 save percentage against the Calgary Flames. Uh, that uh, uh, 957 against the Vancouver Canucks. 935 against the Washington Capitals on December 10th, and 933 save percentage in the win against the Canadians. And so, uh, Robbie, what is it? Is it a combination of all of these factors? Do you think it's one factor individually that's helping the Penguins, you know, uh, rise to the top of the division? I'm curious to get your thoughts on what has caused the retransformation of the Pittsburgh Penguins. We can talk a lot about guys like Crosby, Kapanen, Jari, but at the end of the day, one of the main aspects that we might overlook here is the man behind the bench, and that is Mike Sullivan, because Dan Bilesma always seemed to get less or more with less when he came to the Penguins. Um, Mike Sullivan seems to get the most out of the Penguins, whether they're at full strength or missing half the roster. Mike Sullivan is going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. He is, he, he's got to be the best coach in the NHR right now. I think um, there's maybe a couple contenders for that title, but it's really hard to argue. Maybe John Cooper's in that conversation. Maybe Barry Trotz is in that conversation. But overall, it, it all starts with him behind the bench and his leadership and his ability to extract the best effort out of the Penguins, regardless of who is on the ice. Now that job may get easier here in a week or two, once 71 comes back, which he appears every day to be getting closer, as you mentioned. Then there's also Jake Gentle, who was on an absurd point streak before getting an injury, which is extremely unfortunate for him and the penguins because i mean he's just he was any anything he touched was going in the net it seems like and then brian rust as well who is a key component to what the penguins do with that first line with crosby and gensel so i mean you just have so much going right for the penguins right now after so much seemed to be going wrong at the beginning of the season and if you pay attention to the underlying stats the analytics the process was there for the penguins they were doing the right the right things the results just weren't showing up. They couldn't finish. The bounces weren't there. Well, now all of a sudden the finishing is there. The bounces are going their way. The goaltending has been very solid, especially now that you add into Smith's last two starts. Jari has looked excellent through this 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 far into the season, uh, which is extremely promising. And there's just again you have 87 back now. 80. He's finally 
getting back to that level of Sidney Crosby. He is looking like Sidney Crosby. He is playing like Sidney Crosby, and right now he's doing it without his normal line mates. He has Evan Rodriguez, who you can't say enough about Evan Rodriguez, what he's done this year. It's been one of the most unexpected breakouts I think anybody has ever has ever seen, at least in a Penguins uniform. I mean, not that he was ever a bad player, but nobody saw him coming um, to this level, the offense. And it's just been insane to watch, and it's been such a huge factor for the Penguins being in the position they're in. They're only five points back of the Capitals now for first place after at one point earlier in the season being last place in the Metro Division. The cream is starting to rise to the top. You're good your better teams are starting to sort themselves out. You know who you're going to be fighting with for a playoff spot. And you know what's coming back to your lineup. And you know that behind the bench, you have the best head coach in the NHL. So right now, as everything clicks, you the New Year's coming. You just hope that it continues and that when the health comes, the results keep coming. Because if they keep playing like this, they're going to just be very hard to beat at any point. And that's just who the Penguins are. It's, I mean, we always wait for the bottom to fall out because of age or just they're beat up, they're sick, they're whatever. But they always just show up and they produce, whether it's a fully loaded lineup or a battered lineup. It's Crosby, it's Jari, it's Latang. But above all, you have to factor in Sullivan to that as well. And if he's still behind that bench, I'm always going to believe in this Penguins team, I think, because he just gets the best out of them. And right now, he's getting top-level play from from everybody up and down the lineup. And if that continues, we're going to be playing hockey in the spring again. Well, that, yeah, that's the hope. That, that absolutely is the hope, because I think when the Penguins – were, I don't want to say floundering, but when they were having a a bit of an up and down stretch earlier and everyone was writing them off, uh, everyone started to think, well, you know, this might be it. This might be the end of the road. Uh, You know, no more hockey, no more hockey in April, like you just alluded to, hopefully. Uh, You know, let's let's have Hextall trade uh, trade Sam Poulin and uh, Nathan Legere because it it won't matter anyway. It'll just blow the whole thing up again. I think a lot of people assume the worst, and the Penguins, because Robbie, you you mentioned Mike Sullivan and his ability. Uh, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if it does get enough credit, Robbie. I mean, he, he's been in conversation for for the Jack Adams Award. I don't think he's ever won it. Uh, I don't know if he's going to win it this year. You know, there's a lot of hockey left to be played, but uh, having Sullivan's ability to get the most out of his players when the players' backs are against the wall, uh, and we've seen it time and time again because it seems like the Penguins are one of the most injured squads every single season. They're losing all of these man games due to injury, and they continue to get points when they matter the most. Now, my, my hope is that, you know, when 71 does return and, and Jake Gensel, you know, hopefully, hopefully there's a stretch of play there that goes uninter- uninterrupted and we can finally see what the Penguins were meant to look like in 2021, 2022, because we obviously haven't had that to this point. 
Uh, we're still waiting on Malk, and now we have to wait on Gensel and Rust. We'll we'll see we'll, where that takes us uh, when, when the time comes. But right now, uh, the th- the future of the Penguins, at least the short term future, is looking pretty bright. Uh, you know, it was a lot of doom and gloom earlier on, and I, I think the Penguins have convinced. They've certainly convinced me, and it sounds like they've convinced you as well, Robbie, that uh, Sidney Crosby is here. He's finally. Looks like he's finally back to the Sidney Crosby of old. And who, although the Penguins are, are dealing with uh, the loss of three of their best top six forwards right now, they're they're still finding ways to get points when it matters. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters is, is getting points. And you know, if they do manage to clinch a playoff spot, then like I said, we'll 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 have that conversation of the playoffs, uh, maybe three and a half to four months from now when the season is uh, coming to its conclusion. But for now, Robbie, it uh, it looks like uh, I, I sent out the mailbag the mailbag tweet from the Pennsburg podcast Twitter account, uh, and uh, nobody submitted any questions this week, which you know might be a first since the, the since I introduced the mailbag. Uh, but, uh, if it, nobody submitted the, any questions this week, again, if you are interested in submitting questions, uh, just as a reminder, if you're a first time listener or a long time listener of the Pensburg podcast, we do have our own Twitter account, uh, at Pensburg pod at Pensburg P O D. And every week I will be, uh, putting out a mailbag tweet asking for your participation in this segment. But, uh, I'd like to. I'd like to apologize before we before we wrap up everything. I know uh, a lot of people that I've interacted with on Twitter and uh, in the comments section on pensburg.com have gotten used to getting the Pensburg podcast in their podcast libraries every Friday. And I know the last couple of weeks uh, there, there has been no Pensburg podcast. I had been out dealing with some some uh, health issues, and we had Thanksgiving, and now Christmas is coming up. But hopefully, Robbie. Uh, We'll get back into a regular swing of things. We'll be doing an episode uh, next week for sure, right before Christmas. And then uh, we'll, we'll see where the Christmas holiday and the New Year holiday takes us, Robbie. But uh, for Robbie, I have been Garrett Bahanna. Thank you again so much for listening to this episode of the Pensburg Podcast. And we will talk to you all again next week.